Hello and welcome to episode 54 of Feckin' Metal. I'm your host, Fergal Trainer. Now, as I record this, it's the 26th of March, 2022. And uh, 12 days ago, I attended the Unto Others gig in Dublin. And I did say at the end of my last episode that I wanted to follow that up with a review of the show. So that's something I'll be bringing to you on episode 54. Also, I'd like to touch on another couple of things, such as upcoming festivals and shows that I have planned for the year. And... Some recent releases that have appealed to me quite a lot and that I've been playing. And also just to cover some heavy metal news that's intrigued me over the last couple of weeks, uh, maybe last couple of months even. Uh, things I used to do back in the early days of feckin' metal, but I stopped doing when the episodes became a bit more formulaic, I think. So, to start off, I would just like to say today it was announced that Taylor Hawkins, the drummer from the Foo Fighters, was found dead in his hotel room in Bogota in Colombia. Um, and that is a terrible sad thing to hear uh, waking up on a Saturday morning I'm sure especially for people who would be a bigger fan of the Foo Fighters than I am for his family and for his friends and for the band only 50 years of age and no cause of death released yet I'm not really into the Foo Fighters but at the same time seeing somebody go that young is always a terrible shame so I just wanted to acknowledge that very sad news today about Taylor lots of people in the media coming out uh, the last one I read there was by Tony Iommi, but Lars Ulrich has posted a couple of heartfelt messages, and obviously the Foo Fighters themselves and many other musicians. He seemed to be well loved within the hard rock and heavy metal community. So, uh, sorry to hear about that. It's a it's a very sad piece of news there. Moving on, as I mentioned at the start, I went to see the band Unto Others, the Goth Metal Trailblazers, as I called them in a Facebook post I used to promote the episode there recently, in uh, a pub, uh, Whelan's in Dublin, very well-known music bar in Dublin city centre, uh, or if you've seen the horrid excuse for a film, P.S. I Love You, one that never should have seen the, the light of day, you might know it as Whelan's, as stated by Gerard Butler, uh, not Gerard, mind, no, it's Gerard, uh, go to Whelan's, my favourite pub. No, they couldn't get an Irish actor to play an Irish person in a Hollywood film. Of course not. They had to get some gobshite. Anyway, Whelan's. I saw Onto Others performing on the main stage in Whelan's on a Monday of all days in Dublin there on the 14th of March. And it was excellent. Great gig. And I'm going to go through it bit by bit. It was great to be back out in Dublin going to gigs. It's only my second gig I've gone to in Dublin, really, since lockdown ended. And... It's a great feeling to be able to go and interact with people and mingle with people. And in this case, see people who I hadn't seen in years. So one of the things I used to like about going to gigs in Dublin is I often used to go to these things on my own. And because I had no mutual or no friends who were interested in the same music, really, um, or not too many of them anyway. And I would often bump into people and chat to them and, you know, there are certain people you'd run into again and again and some of these relationships would become more than a casual thing and you become actual friends with these people and some of them you'd just be like, bump into somebody at an event and you'd be glad to see them. But there was one guy, Raf, who I hung out with after a Night Demon show in 2019, December 2019, and I we, were, we became friends on Facebook and we communicated a bit and... I never saw him again since, despite talking to him the odd time about, like he listened to the podcast and stuff, but I walked into Whelan's and the first person I saw at the bar was Raf, so it was great to see him again, and then I bumped into another guy, Owen, who uh, I haven't seen since Night Demon, or sorry, I first met him at a Night Demon show as well in 2017, and I've bumped into him with things over the last couple of years, but obviously, sorry, not in the actual last couple of years, in the last four 
to five years I've bumped into them with things, but certainly not in the last two. Um, so it's great to meet these people again that you, you know, gig acquaintances or gig friends, gig mates who you've collected over the years and uh, you haven't seen um, recently at an event. So that's something that's been missing from my life. And I'm sure a lot of people listening, it's been missing, missing from your lives as well. So it's great to experience that. So that's the first thing I'd like to mention. Both people I met at Night Demon shows, funnily enough, um, and I met them both at this, and then they ended up talking to each other. It's fantastic the way this shit works. Anyway, um, so we went in, and we were standing at the bar. There was an electronic band supporting unto others named Zetra. Not really my cup of tea, so I was with my girlfriend, Elaine. We kind of hung back at the bar, and we were just chatting away to Raf and uh, having the crack, and... As the people kind of started filing in, we were wondering, speculating how many people might be there. The upstairs part wasn't open. That's a kind of a balcony situation where you can look down upon the stage from a, a tier above. That wasn't open, so we kind of speculated. Well, I speculated there might be about 70 people there. So um, Raph went around and counted the actual number of people in the crowd. And uh, he came back with a figure, but then he asked one of the security who'd been working the door, and she said 70. So good guess by me that there were 70 people. But 70 people is not bad attending a gig on Monday for a relatively unknown band uh, who are from Portland, Oregon, playing in Dublin for the first time. So I think it was a decent turnout for the band, and the people who did attend were very vocal about how much they were enjoying the performances. So uh, from that aspect, I would call it a success. So yeah, anyway, the support band we kind of decided was fairly poor, or just not our type of music, electronic type of music that um, wasn't particularly catchy or engaging, and most people hung back for this part, had a pint, talked to their friends, etc., or went to the merch table, which I certainly did. I picked myself up a lovely patch and a Unto Others t-shirt, which was uh, an artwork piece for the song A Single Solemn Rose. Had a nice piece of art on the front and some lyrics on the back, and all in all, a really nice design. So, Unto Others came onto the stage. From the get-go, my girlfriend Elaine was absolutely obsessed with guitarist Sebastian Silva's hair, and what a fine head of hair he has and what a well-conditioned head of hair as well just so voluminous and uh, and and just just a very very impressive head of hair uh, so she couldn't kind of keep her eyes off that and then Raph became obsessed with that as well and the two of them were kind of going back and forth between each other going but how 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 can you have such good hair that was the first notable thing from the show anyway but the band themselves from the very first track were sounding fantastic now, I did mention that Heroin, their opening track here, was not one of my favourite songs at all. In fact, I didn't even think it was that good a song. On my last episode, where I was discussing the band in general on my instalment of Ferg's Quest. But hearing it live, it actually did sound a lot better. It was very heavy, and it certainly got the attention of the crowd. So that was Heroin from the album Strength, which was their latest release. They went back then to the 2019 release Mana for Give Me to the Night. Back again then to the recent album Strength for No Children Laughing Now. And then back, all the way back to 2018 for the track Can You Hear the Rain from the EP Don't Waste Your Time. Now this was one of the highlights of the show and I actually took out my phone and recorded a little clip of this. I didn't do this often during the show but here we go.
the audio there from the short video I took of unto others singing Can You Hear The Rain? I don't know if it comes across well on that clip, but to me, the sound in the venue was pristine. You could hear every lyric that Gabriel Franco was singing, or Gabe, as I later found out, I should call him. But in general, the band just sounded crisp, clean, and they were right up in our faces. It's a small venue, and we were several rows back, actually kind of closer to the bar than we were to the stage, but it still sounded fantastic. So, so far, so good. They went back to Mana then for the song Nightfall, and then back to Strength for Downtown and Summer Lightning. And these songs were really strong live. Just excellent performances. I've been listening to the new album Strength, uh, binging it, you might even say, in the days leading up to this, and maybe not as binge-worthy a listen to Mana from 2019, but I'd been listening to that as well. So these songs were really fresh in my mind, and as I said, it was just great to be at a concert again in such a small venue in Dublin, and then to have, on top of all that, a band who performed so well live and they just had such a stage presence actually uh, Gabriel Franco or Gabe is up there with the sunglasses on all of them are wearing dark clothing very dark lighting his banter between the songs is only kind of short but it's witty and it's to the point and then it's into the next track and then the next one and there were plenty of tracks they just kept them coming the eighth song that they played was from the 2019 album Mana as well and that is the one that's been the earwormiest for me when I've been discovering this band and that was Jackie which I featured on my last episode and I took a little clip of that as well because I thought it would be rude not to. So that was Jackie there from Whelan's on the 14th of March. And to me, the audience were now in the palm of the hand of the band. Like every song that they played, the audience were reacting strongly. Plenty of people there knew the words. Uh, You're talking line for line, knew the lyrics of these songs, even the newer ones. And in general, they were just captivated, I think. Uh, It was certainly a captive audience indeed for Unto Others. And they really waste the time (laughs) that they had up on stage and I'd say they made a few new fans as well there were clearly a couple of people who were being brought along as passengers and they were kind of getting into it a couple of uh, people who looked like they might have been girlfriends of lads they've been going along with who mightn't have been too interested I noticed were kind of nodding their head and getting into it as the show went on so I'd say they made a few new fans as well that night we then got When Will God's Work Be Done also from the new album that went down very well but not as well as the next song which went down absolutely amazingly in a small venue in Dublin you could imagine when they whipped out Tin Lizzy's cold sweat to rapturous applause and giddy excitement from the crowd Uh, and they absolutely nailed it again I took a short clip of the band performing this one the last one I took of the night so here's a bit of cold sweat So yeah, it's really nice when a band will come over to Ireland and play a Thin Lizzy song that isn't The Boys Are Back in Town or Whiskey in the Jar or Jailbreak 
or waiting for an alibi. It's more of a deeper cut. And in this case, rather deep, I'd say. Uh, a lot of people kind of gave up on Thin Lizzy for those last couple of albums. But to me, Cold Sweat has always been a late period highlight of Thin Lizzy. Uh, I would have even enjoyed more if they played something from Renegade, especially the title track itself, Renegade. But you can't have everything. So I had noticed on the band setlist on setlist.fm that they were playing this. So it wasn't a surprise to me. I am the type of person who will look up the setlists in advance to know what the band are playing. And rightly or wrongly, um, that's what I do. So it wasn't a surprise to me, but I think that they'd been rehearsing it at these previous shows in order to perfect it for Dublin, or at least that's what I've romanticised it as in my own head. Uh, because afterwards, a c- couple of songs later, Gabe said to the crowd, just to let you know, we did have a couple of practice runs at Cold Sweat. So in my mind, they were playing it at a couple of the UK shows in order to practice it for the Republic of Ireland show. And a wise choice that was, if that is indeed what happened. After Cold Sweat, we got Dalmatian from the Halloween EP, or I Believe in Halloween. I didn't know that song because I hadn't listened to that release. So that one was lost on me, but I still did like the song live. Um, and then we got By Way of Kingdom, which I had listened to a bit. It's on the Don't Waste Your Time EP as well, but I was more focused on Can You Hear the Rain from that release. But yeah, after that, we got uh, a kind of fake, you know, walking off the stage. We're all finished, blah blah hiding in the wings. It was an encore, you know, an encore waiting to happen. So I walked off the stage for a couple of minutes and... Uh, and it was kind of like silence from the crowd. Nobody was really saying anything. I, may, I like. I think for a lot of people, this might have been one of their first gigs back. And uh, then it was kind of a smattering of one more tune, one more tune. And in, in Ireland, that's very common. I don't know about other countries, but it's like usually huge, like massive chant, like one more tune. Even if the band's already done an encore, a lot of the times in Irish gigs, you'll get people just chanting that. Um, anyway. Finally, there was a bit of a, a louder chant for one more tune, and Gabe came back out onto the stage and was like, do you know, for a second there, I couldn't hear you guys, and my ego took a hit, which I thought was pretty funny. So they came back, and they did four more. Uh, they opened the encore section of the show with a Ramones cover, Pet Cemetery, which was excellent. Then they moved on to It Really Doesn't Matter, and a single solemn rose. So It Really Doesn't Matter was from the Don't Waste Your Time 2 EP. And A Single Solemn Rose was one of the highlights for me from the Mana album. So great to get those two tracks. I didn't really know It Doesn't Really Matter. Uh, I didn't really know It Doesn't Really Matter. Uh, I didn't focus on those two EPs. I focused more on the full-length albums. I did give everything a cursory listen, except the I Believe in Halloween release, which I didn't listen to. But um, yes, I didn't really know that one. But even the songs I didn't know, they were they were quite welcome to me. Like I, I quite enjoyed them. Um, so we had those two. And then the band ended on Dragon, Why Do You Cry, which is also from Mana. A fantastic song, a fantastic end to the show. The crowd were going 90. And I think everyone had a fantastic night, to use the word fantastic, for the third time in about 30 seconds. Anyway, redundancies aside, excellent gig. And I would definitely go and see the band again. It it had happened in a different time when I didn't have other things on the horizon. I might have even gone to a few of the UK shows as well, gone to a couple more. But um, this was definitely worthwhile. And fair play to the band. They're doing a string of dates all around the UK and Ireland and Northern Ireland as well. And uh, they're posting updates on Facebook regularly. And it seems like the tour is going very well. So I'm very happy for them. So I had the week off work. Elaine had the day off the next day. Naturally, we went back to the bar to get some more drinks. Raph was hanging around as well. He ended up bringing over this German girl, Anne, who happens to be living in Dublin, is from Germany, and is going to Hell's Heroes, the festival in Texas, that Elaine and I are going to next month as well. So absolutely mental stuff, but there you go. And um, we sat around having a few drinks, and uh, then 
Sebastian Silva, the guitarist, came out. So naturally, we went over to him, and I got photos of him and Elaine and stuff. And um, he was very gracious and all that. And he ended up sitting down beside us. And then Brandon, the bass player, Colin, the drummer, and Gabe, uh, the singer and guitarist as well, all walked out. And I went over to Gabe just to shake his hand and say, that was a fantastic show. And everyone was kind of mingling in the area we were sitting. So I was like, grab a seat. So they all sat down and we ended up drinking with them for the next several hours, which was kind of an impromptu session with uh, a group of people, obviously, that we'd never met previously. But we all got along extremely well. It was a brilliant, unexpected twist at the end of the night. It turns out that Gabe, obviously being from the scene in the US, knows a lot of the people in bands that I've interviewed and bands like that I'm going to at festivals this year and stuff. And um, yeah, we just had a great chat. And uh, I was saying that my favorite song is Jackie. And he was like, oh, you want me to ruin that song for you forever? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I can ruin it for you forever if you want. Um, and I was thinking back to the episode I had in the can, which I didn't actually release until the next day where I was heaping all of this praise onto the song Jackie, saying it could be about a lover, a pet, it could be about a grandparent, it could be platonic, it could be, could be romantic. Um, who knows who the person who, like named Jackie is in this song? And The beauty is in the mystery of it all. And then he told me what the song Jackie was actually about, and it's about none of those things. And he said when he told his manager, or somebody at the record label this, they were like, don't ever tell anybody that. And I'm not going to tell you because it may ruin the song for you. But if you ever see him at a show, maybe go up and ask him. Maybe he'll tell you. Um, It didn't ruin the song for me. It actually made it more interesting. But it certainly wasn't about any of those things that I had speculated. So maybe you can guess. I don't know. Uh, But there you go anyway. So there was other crack to be had as well. And uh, then we all kind of went our separate ways. Got a couple of group photos of the whole lot of us. And it was just a, a brilliant night. A brilliant gig. Followed by chat with the band for a few hours afterwards and, and plenty of drinks being had and stuff like that um, and Mick Wall would be turning in his early grave he's been sent to upon hearing the news that I'm such a fanboy and not in any way a proper music journalist um, but there you go that's me that's that's my approach I like talking to these people and I like getting to know them if possible and if appropriate if I get the sense that somebody doesn't want to be anywhere near me I'm not going to go and fucking hang around them you know but I could tell, and we could all tell very quickly, very soon, that this was a sound group of people who were looking to have a few drinks, and uh, and we did. And it was a brilliant night. So we're rolling on there with the universe, and why not? Uh, yeah, so looking ahead to gigs, concerts, upcoming events of a musical nature that I'm heading to, and I'm not just doing this to boast. I'd like to discuss it with you. I'd like you to get in touch with me if you're going to any of these, if you're looking forward to any of these bands, if you have any input, actually, into the podcast even, maybe some suggestions about what I should cover, who I should even seek to interview let me know uh, so upcoming for me i have hell's heroes 4 and that's in texas in houston and it's on the 21st and 22nd of april pre-party on the 20th which i have yet to buy a ticket for no i'm lying again it's on the 22nd and 23rd of april pre-party on the 21st which i've yet to buy a ticket for uh, and a couple of feckin metal listeners are going to be at that george from uh, metal gods will be at that i know and melissa from metal chat with melissa will also be at that so It'll be interesting to meet up with both in person and 
I think we're all going to be around for the pre-party as well. I'm less interested in the pre-party, although I will attend it. But I hope that's more of a social thing. Have a few beers, get to know the lay of the land, that type of thing. And as I mentioned, the girl I met there and at uh, unto others, she'll also be going over as well from Ireland as well. Uh, but she'll do she'll be doing a trip around Texas first. But yeah, a motley crew of people from all over will be attending that. So it should be a great festival and the lineup looks absolutely fantastic i know i've mentioned it before it's worth repeating let's have a look at this right actually we'll, we'll have a look at the pre-party first so that's the day before it's a smaller show all of this has taken place in the white oak music hall in houston texas by the way uh, i've got a hotel which google maps tells me is a 16 minute walk away so that should be grand for picking up some merchandise etc dropping it back to the hotel getting back into it um, which i like to do if possible if, if that's ever possible that's my ideal thing there's nothing worse than carrying around a load of t-shirts or hoodies or patches or whatever in a fucking backpack or something like that uh, that's a pain in the hole for everyone involved so it'll be great to have extremely close accommodation in a hotel format and attending a festival then just down the road so uh, headlining the pre-party are exciter a Canadian speed metal band which I wasn't too familiar with before other than seeing their name all the time you know on t-shirts and here and there and I know they're a real heavy metal fans heavy metal band if you know what I mean uh crusty old geezers would like exciter and younger people who are fans of true metal in inverted commas I don't mean that in a derogatory way uh, even though I did sound like I did uh, they are also fans of exciter I see their name coming up a lot Gave them a cursory listen there recently. They're quite good. Yeah, more of a thrash sounding band, but still decent. They have a song that sounds very similar to Revolution by Judas Priest. It obviously predates that song by two decades. Stephen Waddle from Oath pointed that out on the Metal Gods podcast with George and Tom. Uh, so I had to go and investigate that. And since then, I've gone and had a little listen to them and they're quite good. So I would definitely watch them. Toxic, not really familiar with. I think they're thrash as well. Hellstar, so they're from Texas. Uh, they're kind of US power metal band. Uh, and they're playing the album Black Star from 1984 in full. So I had a listen to them recently. And yeah, they'd be my cup of tea now. The vocals maybe can be a bit King Diamond-y. But other than that, very good guitar-based heavy metal. Um, and guitar-based heavy metal. So every fucking genre of heavy metal is guitar-based. Uh, <laughs> I liked I liked what I heard guitar-wise. And mainly liked the singing as well. Some decent melodies there. Sadistic Force, I haven't had a chance to check out them. Uh, there's a band called Night, which I just checked out today because they had a new release today, which coincides with the new Night Demon release or the Night Demon compilation album, uh, which was released today called Year of the Demon. And then I happened to see that this band Night had another had a new album out as well. Somebody put it up on, was it the Haunt fan page on Facebook? I think it might have been. And uh, I went and had a look at that. So I'd say it's maybe melodic black metal. Although when you get into these kind of double-barreled uh, heavy metal subgenre names i kind of get a bit lost in the shuffle but i would say maybe it's a melodic black metal from what i heard anyway vocal wise sounds definitely black metal and there's a lot of melody in there so i don't know correct me if i'm wrong but um they released an album today had a skip through it uh, or a skim through it if you will and i liked what i heard so i'd be looking forward to seeing them they only have a couple of releases out or do they hold on a sec yeah quick glance here tells me they had one previous album and this is their second album and they uh, this was preceded by a few singles so they should be good. Then there's another band. The final band on the, the bill for the pre-party is called Midas. 
they are from Detroit and I just described them as heavy metal old school heavy metal and they have a new release planned for the end of April they've had some releases as well limited number of EPs and, and singles and stuff like that up until now but they have their first full length a limited number a small number of EPs and singles that have their first full length coming at the end of April so I assume they'll be playing material from that although they're the very bottom of the bill there so maybe they'll only get about five songs or so so that's essentially night one or night 0.5 if I was going to use the Ark Sabbath numbering system uh, for Hell's Heroes taking place in Houston, Texas on the 21st of April that's followed of course by the two nights of the main festival this really is a, a absolute beast of a lineup. So headlining, you've got Candlemas, who I've seen a few times, but I want to redeem myself um, for the last time I saw them, as I recently mentioned, because I saw them in Germany and I was pissed as a fart and I was tired and cranky and I've been up all day and all night. And uh, I wasn't in the right frame of mind to watch them, so I'm looking forward to seeing them again. I was supposed to be seeing them in Dublin today, actually, would you believe? But that festival has been postponed until October of this year, so... There you go. Also headlining are Dark Angel, a thrash band popular in the 1980s. So I assume that these two will headline alternate nights. There is no breakdown of who's headlining what stage on what night. But as far as I know, well, I know it's two nights and I know there are two stages. So we don't have any further information than that as it stands at the moment. Just down from them, Riot or Riot 5 as they're still billed. Although I, I think they've changed pretty much all of their branding now just to Riot. As far as I can see with social media and stuff like that. Anyway, it's not really relevant. It's the band Riot. Uh, they've had two albums released under the name Riot 5 and a whole career worth of stuff before that released under the name Riot with a selection of different singers. Uh, the one constant there used to be Mark Reali. He died in the early 2010s, maybe around 2012, 2013, something like that. And uh, the band decided to continue on in 2014 with a blessing from Mark Reali's father, apparently to use the name Riot 5. I don't know how far that blessing extends to using the original name. I'm not sure about that. I can only speculate, but it seems like they've reverted to that name, but they were fantastic when I saw them in Sweden back in 2018 at the Sabaton Open Air Festival. I'm assuming they're going to be great. Their singer, Todd Michael Hall, is one of the best singers I've ever seen live. He hit every single note. He was able to sing every style of all the previous singers of Riot and his own songs as well. He was absolutely excellent. I hope they get a long slot. When I saw them, they were only they only got about seven songs, seven or eight songs. Seeing as they're second down the bill here, I'm hoping they'll get a good hour, hour and a half. I would be delighted if they did. So really looking forward to them. Next up, we have Sarah Thungal. Those of you who've been long-term listeners know that I spoke to Robert Garvin back in the early stages of feckin' metal, one of the first few interviews that I did, and he said his dream was to come over to Ireland and sit in the rain and have a pint of Guinness and all that type of stuff. Now, they are actually coming to Ireland in June. I'm not going to be able to go to that festival. I'll get to that in a minute, but I'm delighted that they're going to be playing at this. I'm going to get to see them. Again, they're high on the bill here, only second down uh, in the billing on this poster that I'm looking at now. So, Sarah Dungle are another huge reason I'm looking forward to Hell's Heroes. Next we have Eternal Champion, again, excellent band, I've been a fan of these for several years, first discovered them on the new wave of traditional heavy metal, full albums channel on YouTube, soon bought the original vinyl, or the first album, The Armour of Iron, um, I got the second one, to Ravening Iron, or Ravening Iron, when it was released, and I've been a fan of them ever since I first heard them. I think they have a great combination of old school US power metal heaviness, but also really melodic songs, and Jason Tarpey is quite the interesting singer actually but yeah eternal champion are, i just know they're going to be excellent i've seen clips of them online from festivals over the years and 
it's a no-brainer, as they say. Um, some of the rest of the highlights here, we've got Slaufeg again. I've interviewed Adrian Maestas from Slaufeg before. I've been a fan of them for years. Night Demon, everybody knows I'm a big fan of them. Haunt, I'm sure you know I'm a big fan of them as well. Summerlands, who share three members with Eternal Champion, are also playing, and they've recently got a new singer. So they were a band who released an album several years ago, and have only released one album and never followed it up. So I don't know if they have anything new in the pipeline, but... That was a fucking fantastic self-titled album from 2016. Uh, so the same year as the Eternal Champion release. But there's been nothing from Summerland since. Uh, but it will still be excellent to see them live. They have this real 80s heavy metal sound. I'd say there's bits of Ozzy in there. And they that album is just a, a start to finish. Uh, fucking, I don't know what you'd call it. It's just a... It's like it's only 32 minutes long. But it's a case of quality over quantity. And every song on that slays to use a word that I would never use if I didn't have a podcast and I didn't feel that my vocabulary was on display for the world and that I had to change it up from time to time. So, uh, we also have Traveller. Excellent. Two excellent albums in the bag. Smolder, again, they've had two excellent releases over the last few years. Then others that I'm not too familiar with. Screamer, I've listened to them a bit. New Wave, a traditional heavy metal band. Solicitor, kind of same thing. Uh, Night Cobra, kind of same thing. I think a member of Night Cobra is actually the organiser of this festival I found out recently. Can't remember his name. But uh, all of the pieces started falling into place recently about this. And I was like, ah. And uh, yeah, lots of other bands there who I've maybe listened to a small bit or haven't listened to at all, but will in the next few weeks. But yeah, if you're going to Hell's Heroes 4 in Texas, let me know. Give me a shout. I'll come over and say hello to you and uh, we can have a chat. And I hope to do some kind of a live review thing after this as well. Really, really looking forward to this. So yeah, if you're in the US or you're traveling over there, let me know and we can have a beer and enjoy some excellent heavy metal. Unfortunately, two bands that I was looking forward to have now been removed from the bill. One of them is the Swedish band Enforcer, who have been around for several years at this point and were one of the earlier bands who were lumped into this new wave of traditional heavy metal and predated the movement themselves. So they are not going to be appearing, unfortunately, and neither are the UK band Satan, who were one of the new wave of British heavy metal bands back in the 1980s and uh, continued on under the name Pariah and then uh, another name and then went back to the name Satan. And I've actually had a few releases. They're one of Jarvis Letterby's bands, as in under his management, and they have a new album out recently, which is excellent. Uh, so it's unfortunate they won't be playing. But we've got one replacement uh, who looks like they're replacing Enforcer, and that is called South Texas Legion. And they are like a super group of members of five different Texas-based bands from what I just read recently. S.A. Slayer is one of them. I haven't heard of any of these. S.A. Slayer, Watchtower, Hellstar. Sorry, I have heard of Hellstar. Um juggernaut and the actual band texas from the uk no i'm joking and uh carrion so um yeah i haven't really heard of any of those but th- to me they seem like some kind of a super group maybe they're going to play hits from all those bands maybe they're going to play classic rock who knows and then there's another special guest surprise to be announced i have it on very good authority that this is going to be welcomed by most people going to this festival i'll say no more so that is hell's heroes and I can't wait for that one. Uh, also coming up within the next few months, I am attending Manorfest in May. That's taking place in Whittlebury Park in the general area of Toaster in the United Kingdom. And that is shaping up to be a fantastic festival, or has shaped up. The final announcement was made today. So on the Friday, you've got Accept, Overkill, Visigot, Urn, and just announced Witch Hazel. Uh, on the Saturday, you've got Candlemas, Borgnagar, Eternal Champion, Visigoth again, uh, Lawnmower Death, Assemble, King Witch, 
On a Sunday, you've got Rotting Christ, My Dying Bride, Sarah Thungle, Night Demon, Midnight, and others. So, yeah, if you're heading over to Whittlebury Park for that in May, again, give me a shout. I'll be there at all three nights, have a hotel booked in Whittlebury Park, managed to get one of those rooms. Uh, the whole hotel there has been opened up. If you're not staying there, and if you're not camping, the nearest hotel is in Toaster, which is an hour and 40 minute walk away, I recently realised, and panicked that I hadn't got anything booked, but managed to secure a room in the Whittlebury Park Hotel. My friend and I, who were going, decided that we're a bit too old for this shit when it comes to actually camping, even though we have a camping ticket booked, sleeping on the ground and whatever, even if you have all of the comforts, like uh, ground sheets and things like that, it's it's still camping at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, we decided against that, we went for the full hotel treatment, so that's that coming up in May. I will also be at Iron Maiden in Belfast on the 13th of June. Anyone's going to that, give me a shout. I know loads of people and several listeners who are already going. Uh, but, you know, the more the merrier. So that's taking place in Ormo Park in Belfast on the 13th of June. Um, and it's actually the same week as Frost and Fireland, the, the festival that Jarvis Letterby is setting up, which has Satan, Sirathungal, um, Midnight, Night Demon, Brian Downey's Thin Lizzy, and several other bands. It sounds like it's going to be fantastic, but uh, that clashes with the next thing I'm going to, which is Copenhagen on the 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th of June. It was a lineup I couldn't refuse. I took the refund for download in 2021. Uh, I had originally booked for Download 2020. It's now taking place in 2022, but I thought the lineup for Copenhagen was better. Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Kiss, Metallica, Merciful Fate, Opeth, and a shitload of other bands, just all of the big, massive bands that I'm not going to get to see, well, except Maiden, I'm not going to get to see at all of these smaller festivals this year. And, and, and the likes of Kiss and Judas Priest, I have strong feeling that it might be the last time I ever see them. So decided to go for that. If you're going to Copenhagen, give us a shout. Let me know. That's kind of what I have planned. And also Iron Maiden in Warsaw. I think it's in July. Yes, the 24th of July. So that's my kind of summer and spring mapped out there and planned out. And I've connected with lots of you who are going to these things. Um, so it'll be nice to connect with a lot more and have a nice beer, get to know a few more people, you know, widen the circle. Don't break the circle, as Demon would say but make it bigger, maybe, as someone else would say. I don't know who would say any of those things. Um, yeah, so that's kind of everything from a gig's perspective. And I'm going to move on to the next section of the podcast. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so I hope you like that. Uh, this is me reflecting on some recent releases. These are mainstream widely known bands that I'm a big fan of, but I've been ignoring their uh, recently released material to an extent to focus on some of the smaller bands at these upcoming festivals I'm going to. Uh, but I've gone back and I've listened to some of these songs now again, and uh, there's some excellent releases there from some of the big hitters in 2022. Maybe you're similar to me and you saw these releases coming out, but you were preoccupied with some other releases and you didn't listen to them properly, and now you have. Uh, so one of them is Saxon, the album Carpe Diem, which was recently released, and I've given it another listen through recently, and it's actually very strong. Uh, I know Melissa from Metal Chat with Melissa did an episode on that recently. You might want to go and listen to that. And to me, it's a continuation of the strong albums that Saxon have been releasing for the last several years. I think I said this on a previous episode, but I've gotten gone back and given it the proper listen treatment now. And the song that stands out really is Pilgrimage to me. So I'm going to play a clip of Pilgrimage now. We shall be strong. I'm 
stuff there it's it's great to me to see the band out there still doing what they do releasing an album every two to three years uh, like clockwork and even between the last two saxon albums there were there maybe four years but biff byford released his solo album which was very saxony in itself and then the band released a studio album of covers so you could even count that as an actual album as well so within those four years you really had four saxon based releases which is just so prolific for a band of their age and like unlike some people of their age who just trot out any old shite um I'm Neil Young. Um, they they're actually they keep the quality bar high, in my opinion, and that's like that's just one example. Uh, I also love uh, the Steam Train song. What the fuck's it called? The Age of Steam is it called? Yes, the Age of Steam. I'm gonna play a clip of that as well. Why not? That's the new album from Saxon. It was out there on the 4th of February, so it's it's not like new, new, but it's been out maybe a month and a half or so. And if, if that one passed you by, I'd advise going back and giving it a listen. 44 minutes in length to a perfect length for an album for me. Next up, we have Scorpions. To me, I'm always tempted to say The Scorpions. It doesn't sound right when I just say Scorpions. Who's your favorite band? Scorpions. Who are you going to see? I'm going to see Scorpions tomorrow. That doesn't sound right to me. Even though I know it's not The Scorpions, I feel more comfortable saying The Scorpions. And I notice a lot of people do as well, so I'm not on my own there. Anyway, they released an album called Rock Believer recently. On the 25th of February, to be precise. And the album is just full of absolute belters. You've got Shining of Your Soul, Rock Believer, the song itself, Peacemaker. So catchy. Uh, Some of them are hard-hitting. Some of them are more ballady kind of songs the song that stuck out the most to me is the title track rock believer especially the chorus and it's just gets deep inside your brain and just won't get out well until you hear something else which might kick it out which i'll get to in a second but yeah here's a clip from the song rock believer from the album rock believer released on the 25th of february by the scorpions in the ruins of their souls you saw the beauty of it all Simply a generation change Our fathers came with steel But we came back to make you feel Our love in every song we play Scream 
okay so the song that kicked rock believer out of my ear evacuated the earworm for not paying rent is the next song from the recently released ghost album this is a bit newer than the last couple so ghost released the album impera on the 11th of march and it's the third song on that that has really become my latest earworm in my life if you follow me on twitter i put a post up about it there recently but jesus christ this is like crack cocaine for the ear canal i'll give you a little clip here in that too i mean you heard them there you don't need me to repeat them but i put in an extended clip of that one just because i just think it's so strong and and needs to be heard that album is full of absolute gems as well i know uh, i saw george from metal gods posting about that i think again in the haunt fan club on facebook if you're a fan of haunt maybe join that you get some great recommendations for other bands as well and there's like a huge tolerance of talking about other music as well as haunt unlike some facebook groups who are dedicated to a particular band I've certainly picked up a few things there in the, in the last while. But yeah, I saw him posting about the album. I was like, I really need to go back and listen to this properly. Like uh, He said he was in double digits listening to it. And I was like, fuck, I better go and give this a proper go. And yeah, it's excellent. It's full of songs like, that are really catchy. Some heavier stuff as well. But t- like typically for Ghost, there's a mixture of the heavier songs and the really poppy songs. And that one there is kind of on the poppier side. But I have no problem with that with Ghost. You know, some people... Uh, a friend of mine on Facebook recently went on a big rant about Ghost and... It described them as Eurovision shite, <laughs> which I thought was very quite a good put down in fairness. Um, but we had a back and forth about it. It got heated, but you know I think it was all in good, in good nature, really. Hopefully, anyway. Uh, if it, whether or not it's Eurovision shite, it's great Eurovision shite. What's so shite about the Eurovision anyway? The Eurovision is great. So there we go. That's Ghost from the album Impera, just recently released. And the last one I'd like to touch on again, and from another one of the big hitters. This is on Sabaton's recent album, The War to End All Wars. Their second consecutive album about the topic of World War One. Does it even matter at this stage what Sabaton are writing about? I mean, all of the albums might as well be about World War One from now on, for all anyone really cares. But I missed this in my life. As those of you, again, who are longer-term listeners will know that I went to the Sabaton Open Air Festival five years in a row from 2015 through 2019. They were a huge part of my listening habits back then. And I've kind of fallen out of... No, I wouldn't say fallen out of love with them. I've just... The frequency has reduced dramatically about how, how often I listen to them. That's a terribly constructed sentence, but I think you know what I mean. 
I don't listen to them nearly as frequently as I used to. How about that? Sometimes you trap yourself with these sentences by the way you start them and you're not arsed doing another take because you've done 40 million of them already and you don't want to be editing this until 2 in the morning. But yeah, I don't listen to Sabaton as frequently as I used to. This song reminded me how much I miss them. This is called Soldier of Heaven. Very typical. It's like they put the name into a Sabaton song name generator and this came out. Uh, but um, yeah, it's like it's just the, the chorus. Like these choruses are just irresistible for me. And Joachim's voice is something I missed dearly in my life, and I'm glad it's back. A force of nature too strong, sent from above, where spirits lead the way, the winds will never fade. White Friday, I'll take the stairway to heaven. I'm sky high when I die. Okay, so I'm moving on to another section which I might include more often, not every single week or whatever, but uh, it's going to be making an appearance again. So you had What's New Pussycat from Tom Jones, and now you have I don't believe you. from the man himself, Ron Burgundy. And of course, you probably should not believe any of these stories, but unfortunately, they're true. So Ozzy and Geezer, formerly of Black Sabbath, or still currently a Black Sabbath, who knows? But Ozzy Osbourne and Geezer Butler have decided to release NFTs in recent months. Now, I don't know if you've been following along with these technological advancements in blockchain technology, but I kind of have been keeping half an eye on them. And if you listen to the recent Feckin' Check-In episode where I chatted to Toomey about it, my eyes were opened a bit to what NFTs are or can be or should be considered as, rather than just dismissing them offhand, which I'd done up to that point kind of as absolute waste of money and a load of shite, which I think is what most people do, in fairness. Which, yeah, first was Ozzy. He came out with his video marketing campaign online, uh, followed by Geezer Butler, who wasn't as crude in his approach to the whole thing. And at least Geezer Butler is donating some of the money to Ukraine. As I said to Toomey on the feckin' check-in, Ozzy doesn't even have a fucking notion what he's selling here, and it's kind of sad and pathetic. I guarantee you he hasn't got a, a bull's notion what an NFT is. Now, Geezer sounds a bit more informed from snippets of interviews I've read with him where he's talking about this, and I, I would gather he probably does know what it is, or else he's educated himself to a certain extent, but it's crazy to me to see these 70-odd-year-old rock stars embracing this type of technology and... Especially Ozzy, it just seems so cheap from him. Geezer, I'll give him a bit more credibility, but I don't know. What do you think about that? Let me know. Put a comment on Twitter at Feckin' Metalcast. <laughs> There's a new Dio documentary on its way out. It's called Dio Dreamers Never Die, a career spanning documentary, and it made its debut at the South by Southwest Film Festival in Austin, Texas, back a couple of weeks ago or a week and a half ago. So the initial reviews have been great. It seems like there was a lot of participation in it from people you would hope would participate, the likes of Geezer Butler and Tony Iommi and all that. But also, it seems like they didn't really go down the traditional rock documentary route. The reviews I've read said it's kind of more touching, heartfelt, uh, life-spanning rather than just career-spanning. And it seems like it's actually going to be a nice companion piece to the book that Mick Wall released, while Mick and... Wendy Dio released in conjunction with Ronnie James Dio's 50% completed manuscript earlier on, um, or was it last year? It's probably last year at this stage, but this one I'm looking forward to. Now, I don't know when the actual release date is. I can't see it here online, having a quick look, but uh, 
it seems like there was a lot of time and effort put into this and it wasn't just something thrown together so i would hope that this has some kind of at least limited release in cinemas in ireland and i'll definitely go and see it if it does or maybe it'll be on while i'm in the us and if so i'll seek it out of an afternoon or an evening if i can find somewhere that it's airing but yeah looking forward to that one myself another piece of not so recent news it's actually about six months old at this stage is that Scott Gorham has quit the band Blackstar Riders, a band which he founded and recorded four albums of original material with, to focus on Thin Lizzy. And um, I spoke to Mick Wall recently about this, so I don't know if you follow me on Twitter, maybe you don't, but I did an episode of Mick's podcast, which is simply called Mick Wall, if you want to look it up. And it was supposed to be called Does the Past Have a Sell-By Date? A concept I proposed to Mick, but he actually labelled it as Does the Past Have a Future? Um, when he uploaded it but anyway you'll find it in his Spotify feed or anywhere else you get your podcast and it's me interviewing Mick about the concept of old rock being constantly forced on us for the last couple of decades and you're talking about bands that peaked in their 70s or sorry in their 70s uh, 80s and 90s still being everywhere on like the top of the festival bill there like films being made about them documentaries being made about them and i'm basically proposing to mick like when what's the sell by date of the past uh, you can go and listen to it if you want anyway but we did a follow-up to that which so far has only been released on his Patreon account, but I assume will end up on Spotify and all the other places shortly enough. And it's titled, Does the Past Have a Sell-By Date Part 2? So <laughs> different to the first installment, but it's a continuation of that installment. And on that, I mentioned the idea that uh, Scott Gorham had left Thin Lizzy. Now, I didn't think it was as old news as it is. I, I said to him it was a few weeks or maybe a couple of months old. And he was shocked and he was like, I can't, I can't believe it. Uh, I can't believe I didn't hear about that. But um, people had been saying to me ever since I started having a collaboration with Mick Wall that I need to speak to him about Thin Lizzy. And I, and I agree. And maybe that will happen properly in the future. But I broached the topic here and we did talk about Thin Lizzy quite a bit. So when that episode is released you might want to listen to that. What I was going to say was anyway, I pitched the idea to Mick that, uh, or I, I asked Mick the question whether or not he considers it genuinely Thin Lizzy if it's Scott Gorham going off with a load of other people. I mean, this has been going on for decades now, we know that, but it's 2022. Brian Downey is out there with a band called Brian Downey's Alive and Dangerous. I think I called them Brian Downey's Thin Lizzy earlier on on this podcast. I meant to call them Brian Downey's Alive and Dangerous anyway. But uh, I'd, I'd like to know what you think as a listener. Like, does Scott Gorham have the right to go out as Thin Lizzy if there's no other original members or not even original members forget about that because we know he's not one but if there's no other classic period members or members that really played on the hits as Mick said to me when I spoke to him on his podcast Brian Robertson is still around and Brian Downey and I mean I know it's not for us to say but in your opinion should Scott Gorham be going out playing as Thin Lizzy in 2022 with a with a group of you know somewhat knowns and unknowns and whoever else he can gather up to sing the songs and perform the songs of Thin Lizzy. Yeah, I'd like you to let me know and maybe let's have a discussion about it. So it's at feckinmetalcast on Twitter, feckinmetal at gmail.com as well. Okay, and the last thing I wanted to touch on was uh, Glenn Tipton and KK Downing have been in the news again recently. And this time it's comments from Glenn Tipton rather than KK. Uh, I'm just going to pull up an article here one second. So this is from the recent issue of Guitar World and Glenn Tipton is reflecting on Downing's decision to leave Priest more than a decade ago, saying... We spoke about what was probably going to be our farewell tour and Ken quit. Nothing could have been worse because after you play for all those years, you plan your farewell tour to sign off and in a good way. All of a sudden, Ken quit and we didn't know what to do. It was a nightmare. It was only when we found Richie that we realised we could go on and play the tour and then more. He left the band, Glenn said. We couldn't convince him to stay. 
And then he accused me of taking six years off to write two solo albums. I only did the solo albums because we were inactive at the time while Rob was doing his solo things. When the interviewer brought up Downing's claim that he was hurt that he wasn't asked to rejoin when Tipton announced his retirement from touring, Glenn said, Ken never approached any of the band and asked to rejoin, so for all we knew, he didn't want to rejoin. He said he wanted to leave the band and then leave the music industry. He told us he was desperate for a new kind of life. Right before we got Richie, Ian said, if you really want to come back, you better come back now, because we're moving on. But he didn't do anything. Ken didn't do anything. He didn't ask to come back. And then after he was out, he said all sorts of ridiculous things. He tried to take credit for just about everything. The stage clothes, the image, the songwriting. He refers to them as his songs. He's got to be joking, Tipton says. Everybody knows he wrote the songs, and that's being kind. But whatever the case was, we've always made it clear that all of the decisions we made were made by the band as a whole without exception. If anyone doesn't agree with something, it isn't used. That's the way we've always worked. So, I mean, I know I'm probably flogging a dead horse with this news item here, but to me, it's interesting that Glenn is saying, firstly, that Ian Hill threw KK a bone and told him, if you want to come back, you better come back now. And secondly, that Ken never actually directly asked any of the band members to come back. And this is the thing that's always confused and frustrated me about Judas Priest. It all seems to be through management, and they always hide behind management. And anytime there's a weird decision, it was like, oh, management said this, blah, blah, blah. And it, it seems like no one can just go up to someone else and just say, hey, listen, I've been thinking, I'm sorry, I was an asshole. Can I come back? It seems like it has to be filtered through all of this bullshit. And the same is can be said of Black Sabbath and the same can be said of Deep Purple when you read about their goings on and comings and goings and stuff like that and it always seems so pathetic and fucking depressing to me to hear that but uh, to hear that Ian Hill threw Ken a bone allegedly and told him if you want to come back you better fucking come back now because we've got somebody in mind and also that KK never actually approached any of the band members it's just it's just insane like you'd wonder if if one if he had said okay Ian I want to come back or two he had to approached Glenn or Rob in person or on the telephone or via fucking WhatsApp, um, if if he'd be back in the band now, and if if the answer to those is yes, it's fucking so sad that he just didn't do that. But that seems to be the way this band works. Anyway, let me know your thoughts on that as well, if you like, um, at all those places I just mentioned. That's going to do it for this kind of um, pick and mix type of episode. A lot of different things included here. I know I've been teasing this trilogy I'm about to release as well, and. The final episode of that is getting recorded in a couple of days and I should be releasing those episodes one per week and those will actually be coinciding with while I'm away in America as well. So that's good for me to be able to release episodes while I'm away and, and time them and have them scheduled and stuff like that as well. So there won't be a big, huge gap in the podcast. But yeah, um, that's going to do it for me. Please get in touch with me if you'd like to discuss anything about this episode or you're going to any of those gigs that I mentioned. And I'm going to leave it at that. So thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.